What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, May 30th, 2019, and you guys are listening to episode 403. Uh, how the hell is everybody? I hope you guys are great. I hope you guys had a great time in between shows. Hope you had an amazing Memorial Day weekend, barbecues, friends, family, the whole thing. I hope the potato salad was good. Lord knows there's people that complain about that. I hope that uh, your family was good. I hope nobody act like an asshole and you're sitting here saying to yourself, oh my God, I got to deal with this person on a day where I, don't, where I want to remember the servicemen and women. Instead, I got to look at this person who I can't stand, eat a hot dog and hold a beer and I can't wait for them to leave. Hopefully nobody uh, had to deal with that. Uh, I know I didn't, which is a good thing. I'm not going to say it's rare, but... uh it's a good thing. It's definitely a good thing to um, to not have to deal with bullshit over that weekend. Memorial Day weekend is supposed to be just, uh, you know, sit back, relax, enjoy, you know, fire pit in the backyard. You know, I try not to eat too much. I, I'm one of those where like now, now that like, you know, I'm 40 years old, I like cut certain parts of the bread off the thing. Like I think that little things I can do to kind of keep me where I need to be because I lie to myself and say that I'm going to start running. And uh, I'm not going to lie, guys. I don't know if I'm running. I don't know if I'm running anymore. I just, that whole thing, like the whole idea of putting on shorts or sweatpants and lacing up your sneakers and going to a track and just running, the, the exhaustion that comes to mind thinking about just doing that, like driving somewhere, you know, I mean, yeah, I could... There's like a treadmill in our house. I'm not using my what my wife has this treadmill. Like we don't use it. It just collects, you know, it's just I don't know. I think what I'm going to do is I'm just as I get older, I'm just going to literally stop eating. <laughs> I'm just going to that's the way it's going to go. So I'm going to get as much in as I can and then just stop eating cuz I I can't do it anymore, man. I honestly I can't do it anymore. Anyway, I hope your barbecue was good. I don't know why I just went off there. Here Here's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about uh, a lot of stuff. My unacceptable, your unacceptables. Okay, we got some stuff to talk about in sports. I'm going to tell you guys a show that I love. I absolutely love on Netflix. You guys are going to give me so much shit for it, but I watch it and I actually really like it and I think it's good and I think it's good for people. And you're going to give me shit. I'm going to talk about that. All right, we're going to do... um, We'll also do um, a little bit of the NBA uh, Finals uh, preview, so we'll get into that. Uh, as I sit here, guys, I don't know if you saw the pictures. I'm sure you did. As I sit here, I have a mustache that would make Burt Reynolds, rest his soul, jealous. I have a huge, thick, black mustache on. Um, I'm shooting something. I'm excited to shoot. Uh, I'm, sh- I'm in this movie. I'm excited to... Uh, to be a part of this movie, but I have to look a certain way, and we went in for, uh, we went in for, you know, I just did like the costumes and like some still pictures, and I'm just looking at myself, and uh, now I don't have to go back for a while, which I think my wife is happy with, because I look like, <clears throat> I don't know, people were calling me Super Mario, which is funny, people were calling me Porn Star, people were calling <laughs> You know, sending me pictures of Burt Reynolds and all this stuff. I don't know. I've never been a mustache guy. I've never just had a stash. Um, 
I guess I could say, quite honestly, I don't really like the look of just a stash. I mean, I get it if you're like a fireman or like a police, whatever, if you're like a chief of something and it's like it's part of the look, I totally get it. Um, but at the end of the day, and I mean no disrespect to people with mustaches, who was the first person who literally just looked at that and looked at their beard and looked at their unshaved lip and all that and goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cut off, I'm going to cut off all the hair and I'm just going to leave this hairy caterpillar or whatever the hell. I'm just going to leave this thing on top of my upper lip and, and make some sort of statement. Like, I don't understand it. It just doesn't, no matter how you slice it, it just doesn't really make sense, you know, and then when I was taking pictures and stuff, you know, I was doing this thing where I had to drink out of a bottle, like a beer bottle, and like when my lips would go up to drink it, the <laughs> the mustache hair would like tickle the bottom of my nose, so I had to keep stopping and like itching my, it's just not a comfortable, I don't understand how some of these people just have had just monster monster stashes and you know I mean I guess after a while you feel like it's your look and if you get rid of it it would be weird I don't know but as I sit here and do this podcast uh but I'm going to Florida and I'm taking it off because I don't need to go and do anything else I think for a while so I can grow back my mustache I'm Italian and Greek guys okay I could grow back this mustache in like three hours so I'm just gonna Take it off for a little while. Plus, I don't need to explain to crowds. You know, that that's the last thing I want to do is open my show and people being like, wow, I've watched a lot of your stuff. I've never seen this look and have that in their head before I go into my first joke. Hey, guys, listen. Uh, yeah, this is I, like, I'm not going to go out there and start apologi- <laughs> apologizing for how I look. Um, now, I'm going to go into my unacceptable, but. It's going to be, I'm going to, my unacceptable has to do with Memorial Day, okay? But before I do that, I'm going to do something that, that is even, maybe even more unacceptable. Uh, but I've already went through this, so it will not be the, it will not be my unacceptable for the week. However, my cat's, for, for you guys that know, my cat Stanley uh, had diabetes. Uh, so I got two cats. I'll give the quick thing. If you guys saw the full version of my special or, You've heard me on the show. I have two cats, Stanley and Thomas, okay? Stanley and Thomas were here for 12 years before Lloyd invaded their space and the lunatic Lloyd and now and them are actually finally cool now. They they kind of walk past each other. Sometimes Lloyd's a, a dick and he'll look at one of them and start to like jog towards one of them just to make the other one run, which I'll be honest with you, it kind of annoys me. I'm like, Dick, what are you doing? What are you doing? Just leave leave the cats alone. They're like 14 years old. Stanley and Thomas are real brothers. Thomas is almost 20 pounds. Um, You guys know. You've seen pictures. And Stanley is huge too. But Stanley's a lot less. Like Stanley weighs like 14 pounds. Now the diabetes even took that down. He's like 12 pounds or whatever, right? Big, beautiful cats. Uh, And Stanley, I noticed, was... You could tell if your cat's got diabetes by the litter box. Because the litter box starts to get like... You're just like, whoa, this is a lot of piss in here. Like Like the litter box starts to get heavy... And it you need it needs to be done quicker, and it's just a pain in the ass. And so he had this diabetes. I was giving him insulin shots uh, in his back for like a year, nine months or ten months. Take him back to the vet for a checkup. They say well, this is great. He doesn't have diabetes anymore. He's in remission. It was great. No more needles. No more insulin. And then I noticed he uh, started to pick up the same habits. He was, 
you know, running to the sink as soon as he heard water. Everywhere there was water, he was running like a crack. He just needed water, needed water. So I'm going, oh shit, he's losing a little weight. And I could just tell he was being more needy. And I'm going, he's he's got this shit again. I take him to the vet. They're like, yeah, you know, we'll run some uh, blood. We'll do this. His lungs look good. His his heart looks good. And like, I'm not one of these people. I know a lot of people are like, man, your, your cat had a good run. He's 14. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that shit. I'm not doing it. You know, any any... You know, any heartbeat under my roof, you know, that it's going to get everything that it can get in order to live as long as it could live. That's just, you know, if it was up to my wife, Stanley would have been fucking buried in the backyard three years ago, probably. Uh, and I'm not saying that to him. My wife is not cruel, but my wife is just like, all right, like cats get sick, animals get sick, but it's not like anything awful. And I mean, maybe I'm not, maybe I shouldn't say that. She's, she half jokes about it, but. You know, she's going to be, my wife is one of those people that she's like, well, he scratched my couch, so fuck him. And then as soon as she finds out something's wrong, she starts crying about it. So, um, I go to the vet and the racket that is the vet, the vet is such a racket again. Listen to this. He goes in like, yeah, we'll give him a check. They feel his lungs feel good. His, his heart's okay. Or his, his kidneys don't feel too bad. His heart sound, I mean, his lungs sound great. His heart. And I'm like, all right. So like, yeah. It's probably diabetes again, but we'll we'll run the blood. So she goes, oh, you could go sit out in the waiting room while we do it. They take blood from him. They do the whole thing. They come out. His levels are like 300 times what they should be. Like he clearly has diabetes and stuff. So the lady was like, okay, let me ring you up. So she goes, you want to pay now? I go, well, let's just see if I need insulin. She goes, okay, well, right now the bill is $331 for the checkup. And I just looked at her and I smirked. And she just looked at me and she gave me this look of like, I know, we're really fucking people, aren't we? She just gave that look of, I know this is ridiculous. It's, you know, I'm like, oh, $331 for my, for them to literally draw blood from this animal and listen to him, listen to his heart and lungs and, and do the tests. But whatever, it's like going to a mechanic. You're not getting your car back, right? You're not going to get your car back if the guy's like, hey, you owe me three grand or you're not driving out of here. It is, it is what it is, so... I'm like, okay, and then I find out that I need the insulin and I need the needles again, and it ends up coming out to be $598. So $600, quick $600 visit, like nothing. Fine, whatever, I'll pay it, it is what it is, you know, and I'm just like thinking to myself, I'm going, what if like he needed like a quick surgery or what if, like think about that, like the amount of money these people are getting, and here's the thing. I looked at the lady and I go, you guys are like worse than a mechanic. And she just gave me this smirk like, I really can't deny that. I really, I know we're fucking everybody. Have a good day, Paul. Bye, Stanley. That's And that's how they beat you. That's how they get you because they love the animals so much. So it's always like, oh, bye, he's so cute. Yeah, he's so, in their mind, they're like, this is going to cost 2100 Oh my God, isn't that so, that's what they're thinking. Like it, it's, it, it really is a racket. So now. I'm going to Florida. I got to give Stanley to these people so they can deal with him for the next four days because uh, nobody's going to be able to give him the medicine properly. And uh, I got to put Lloyd there. So our big healthy cat, Thomas, who's also 14, he's just going to be roaming. He's got a nice house. He's got a nice house. But, you know, we got house sitters and all that shit coming. But he's just going to be chilling and, and relaxing while Stanley and Thomas, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Stanley and Lloyd, they're going to be, you know, Lord knows what that's going to cost. Because even when I said, they go, okay, well, Lloyd, Lloyd is due for his uh, fluenza 
and he's due for this test, and um, we'll t- check Stanley after the insulin shit. So I'm going to come back to it in probably another 1100 I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, man. If you're looking for something to do, if your kids are looking for something to do, they don't know what they're going to do when they get out of college, get them into you know, into this vet stuff, man, because these vets are, a veterinarian makes, I mean, this is like dentist money, like, this is like, you know, these guys, no wonder why these guys are living on farms with all these animals, it's not because they love the animals, it's because it's a tax write-off to sit on some mansion on 300 acres, acting like you give a shit about animals, meanwhile, you're laughing your way to the bank, because some asshole loves his 19-year-old cat and doesn't want to put it down, it's, it's unbelievable, it's unbelievable, so, but that's not mine acceptable. That's not mine acceptable. I just, you know, I, I know some of you guys like the updates on the animals. And, um, you know, Stanley and Thomas, they're getting up there. And, uh, my, you know, what was funny is my goal was when I did my special to talk about them. And this is how much of a, this is how sensitive I am, uh, you know, as, as much as I'll come across as, um, I mean, I don't think I'd come across as not a sensitive guy, but this is, I'm so like sentimental with my animals that, I was like, I just want my special to come out before my cats die because my cats were like, talked about, like I talked about them in it. And that's so ridiculous. And I know some of you were going like, oh, and the other people like, Paul's a pussy. But no, man, you got something that you lived with for 14, 15 years, especially when you didn't have your shit together and you, you were, you were fighting to, you know, get a good place and food and all that shit. You know what I mean? And then, and then they're there. Those animals are there. And now you're kind of settled, you got a house, you got the whole thing, the cats are there enjoying it, and then, you know, you see one of them get sick, it's fucked up, no matter how you slice it. Fuck, I don't know you people in explanation. Anyway, here is my unacceptable, okay? Guys, I know some of you are going to disagree with this, it is what it is, you can't give frozen beef patties on Memorial Day or 4th of July barbecues, I'm sorry. I know some of you are doing it, you just can't do it, alright? I thought about this long and hard. I know Bubba Burgers are good, all right? I know that there are some beef patties that frozen, they're good. Listen, it's Memorial Day. It's the 4th of July. These are the times where you have people over. You you know, I'm not one of these barbecue guys. Let's talk about barbecues for a little bit, all right? I'm not one of these guys that... Um, and by the way, you know, I don't want you guys to do my work for me, but if I ever say something funny and you're like, oh my God, that should be a bit on stage, totally tell me. Cause I'm not, you know, I, I'm writing my own shit and I just, I just riff on this sometimes and I'm like, oh, that was funny. I need to write that down. Maybe I'll come back to that. But I, I do want to talk about barbecues here for a second. All right. When you have people that you love here, all right, uh, at, or, or at your house, I should say, when you have people you love there. A frozen patty is like, it's like online shopping for Christmas. There's no heart in it. There's no, you know, you go to the supermarket and you could, listen, you could get already made patties that are fresh and not frozen. Like the the, the beef is good and they made the patty for you. So all you got to do is break the seal and then you put these beef patties on the grill. That's fine. That counts. All right, what I do is we get like uh, uh, pounds of beef and my wife doesn't like to touch any kind of raw meat or anything like that. She's freaked out by it. So I make the patties by hand and then we season them and we do some secret stuff to them that only very few people know about. So, but um, I do that and then I put them out there. I'm not one of these people at a barbecue that's like, 
Let's just get the burgers and dogs out so we could all drink. All right, that's what animals do. When you're at a barbecue, the food, I want somebody to bite into the burger. I want them to feel the juiciness of the burger. All right, I also want them to understand the seasoning, the taste. Then the cheese is melted perfectly with the right bun. Now, if you give somebody that burger and then you put a perfectly cooked hot dog next to them and then whatever size they want, you know what they're going to they're going to remember. They're going to be like, "No, not only was that a great time. Yeah, we had our drinks. Yeah, we bullshitted. We sat by the fire. That burger that I had at 2 o'clock or 2.30 was outstanding. Okay, it was perfect. It tasted delicious. The hot dog was great. You know, we went over to the Miller's Barbecue last year and they were throwing these freaking frozen patties like we were animals, like we were just at some McDonald's. You don't do that, especially with family members that you love. I'm telling you. Now, I'm not saying everybody doesn't do that. I'm sure there are people that take what I do to another level. And they're like, yeah, well, Paul, how about fuck your hot dogs and hamburgers? I'll see your hot dogs and hamburgers. I smoked rib. Then then listen, then there is some fat shits who like take it a little too far. Now, I'm not saying you're a fat shit if you do brisket and you do ribs. But I know some fatties that like they use these things as an excuse to like smoke every meat in sight in their town just because they're fat and they want to eat that. Listen, I'll do ribs too. And I'm going to step up the game. But I'm talking when you go hot dogs. and I'm all for that too. You do steak tips, great. Like I'm not knocking that. That's great. That's next level. But I'm just saying, if you do the hot dogs and the hamburgers and the, you know, the macaroni salad and the potato salad and then, you know, all these different things that, oh, well, Aunt, you know, Aunt Peggy brings, you know, whatever the hell she brings, everybody eats it. Just make sure no frozen patties. You can't go frozen patties. Listen, Bubba Burgers, I will say, will pro- are probably some of the best frozen patties you could get if you do. But that's still, that's still kind of shitty. So, you know, don't online shop. You know, I-, I talked about this about Christmas. Yeah, you know, I did almost all my shopping online and I didn't do anything. I get how, like, it's easier if, like, you know, pe- like with traveling and all that. I get that. But I do think around Christmas time, at least once or twice, you got to walk around the mall and get that feel. You got to get the feel of walking into a store. Would he or she really like this? What do they want? Walk into the shoe store, walk into the sneaker store, walk into a clothing store and do it that way. Instead of sitting in your underwear, okay, you know, drinking a coffee and just hitting click on Amazon and feeling like you did everything. It's it's kind of shitty. You don't feel, you don't know if the size is going to be right. You know how the delivery is going to go. I don't know. There's something about that. Same way with the with the hamburgers. I know what some of you people are saying, Paul, you know you're absolutely nuts. It's people don't care. It's just a barbecue. Just give them something to eat. No, no, no. I'm Italian and Greek. You understand me? All right. Italians, Greeks, you know, Jews. No, I'll be honest with you. Italians and Jews, when it comes to food and restaurants, very similar. I'm telling you something right now. My father's 100% Sicilian. Sometimes the way he acts in a restaurant, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know where he's from. You'd be like, is this guy, like he is, there? you know, particular, man. There are people that at a restaurant, it's like, look, I'm paying good money and part of the meal, part of the meal is is this. The, 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 you know, the experience is the meal. The meal's got to be, we all know people that are just happy to be out. And if it's not good, they'll be like, oh, it's okay. And they don't care. No, 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 no. There are so you got to see my father. I, I think I talked. My father looks at a menu, uh, 
like he's cramming for the bar exam. All right, he holds it up, he looks down, then he, he puts his glasses on, and he goes in low. He looks low, his head starts to drop. Then he comes back up with this big interested look with his eyes open. Then he goes back down, and he'll do that for about five minutes, and then he's ordered the same thing. He's ordered the veal palm for, for 30 years. Uh, <laughs> like, it's almost as if he's just examining the menu to make sure that nothing has changed and everything's okay. And then he orders the same thing every time. But, you know, food is a big deal. And I've noticed the older you get, dessert counts more. Coffee matters more. Um, the meal. I was talking about this the other day. When you're younger, dinner is like the appetizer of your evening. When you're older, dinner is it. Dinner is the night. You know, you know, you go on vacation when you're single, right? When you go on vacation with your significant other and you're single or you're married with no kids, it's, oh, let's go here. Then let's go here and get some drinks at a bar or, you know, not really a club, but like, let's go here or then maybe we'll go there dancing, this and that. You know, no, when you're older and you have kids, you're like, all right. We're going to get a drink before, we're going to have wine before dinner, and then we're going to go to a nice dinner, and then when you're older, you sit at dinner for four hours, and then you, if you have dessert, dessert is basically your new nightclub. <laughs> dessert is your like, all right, this is the this is the nightclub at the end of the day. That's what, the, that's what becomes when you get older, and I got to tell you, it is glorious. Get it? These 22-year-old assholes, like when I was standing online at a club to pay $20 to get in, to hear loud music. You're not going to be able to talk to anybody. You're going to see a bunch of people on drugs making out and then a million people at the bar trying to get a drink for 20 minutes. Before you know it, it's 2 a.m. The night sucked and somehow you spent $300. Like that is the dumbest shit ever and we all did it and lived it. It makes no sense. Do you understand how amazing it is? Remember New Year's Eve? Yeah, we're gonna, I remember standing there, cold, wet, holding like a can of Budweiser they were selling on the street. There was confetti like going into the beer. And I'm like, this is great. We're in times because the dumbest fucking thing you could do. How dumb that is. It's like, do you understand if you sit in a nice pair of sweatpants <laughs> on your couch, holding a glass of wine? drinking it till the ball drops and playing maybe one or two board games and going to bed. You won the game. Same thing. Same thing. So food is starting to matter. That's why I'm bringing this up with the um, with the barbecue. And that's my unacceptable no frozen patties. Let's go. I got an unacceptable. Uh, somebody gave me shit. We're running. All right, I still got to talk sports. All right, I'm just going to read the one, this one uh, from um, Robert. And Robert says... Paul Ver unacceptable. Paul Verzi posting pics of his food slash sushi on social media. Unacceptable. Lock him in a cage filled with nothing but photos of his food to eat. Sorry, Paul, but you deserve this. Much love, Bobby T. No offense. Haha, ha, love you, dude. Um look, I'll be the first to admit. Yes, last night we went out for my little boy's birthday. Shout out to Lucas Verzi. Um, oh my God, I love this boy so much. 10 years old, 10 years old, man. I was a five, became a father 10 years ago yesterday and, uh, greatest thing to touch my life for the better. And, um, uh, we went out last night to eat. We went to this hibachi place, which I got to talk about, by the way, I got to talk about this shit. Um, 
there's a really amazing um, Japanese restaurant, but they also have everything. So you could get all types of Asian cuisine. It's insane. It's uh, the sushi is. I've had some of the best sushi I've ever had in my life at this restaurant. But then you go off to the room to the side, and they have a bunch of hibachi, you know, a bunch of places for families and birthday parties and stuff to to sit down and eat and. We go all the time. We've gone for my birthday, my wife's birthday. We just go sometimes for fun too. So we've been there a lot. And we go there and um, I was like, I can't do the hibachi thing anymore. Enough with the noodles and the fried rice. So I order sushi and my platter that they gave me was insane. It was like two and a half feet long. And uh, she like handed it to me diagonal and it looked really nice. And yes, I did, Bobby. Thank you for calling me out on it. I took the phone out. And, uh, and I must've looked like a lunatic too, because I'm, I'm taking pictures of my sushi with this mustache. So I just, I just looked like a rich plumber or, <laughs> or fireman. I just had like, it was just so ridiculous. I w- nobody even said anything. A couple of places were like, Paul, is that you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, this isn't on purpose, whatever. But I did take a picture of my sushi cause it looked, the presentation was amazing. It looked amazing. And I did. So you want to give me shit. For, and I really am not one of those people to be like, look at the size of that burger. Take your camera. I'm really not a food picture guy. The sushi presentation was so nice. And let's be honest, Bobby. Party is jealous because you either love sushi and you didn't have it last night or you don't eat sushi and you're giving me shit. I'm kidding. You're right. I shouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> but... You know, I, I, I do understand when people give people shit for taking pictures of their food. Like, like I said, unless it's a gigantic piece of, uh, you know, something. Like if like somebody gets like a, you know, a 40-ounce steak that looks like it should be in a contest if you could eat it. I get taken a picture of that. By the way, guys, I, I wasn't going to tell this story. Bill Burr was like, dude, you're going to tell everybody this story. And I go, no, not, I'm not going to tell if you don't want. He goes, dude, tell it. It happened. Um. Guys, get ready to laugh because this is funny. There, I, I could actually set this up by saying this is funny and you're probably going to laugh out loud. And sometimes when you do things like that and you say things like that and you set it up, you're like, oh boy, if this isn't funny, uh, you know, it's going to suck for him. Well, you know what? I'm confident and I know what I'm about to say is funny. So I just want you to sit back with a smile, relax and listen to this story because this is real shit. It really happened. And... Um, Bill is still apologizing for this. So um, Bill and I had an amazing day in the city the other day, whatever. Um, we met up with each other. We just had this great day and we were talking and we're on. We're doing something on the same project. And he was like, I just can't believe like, you know, we're, it was like a really nice, amazing thing that, you know, I opened for Bill for years. He's been like an older brother and a mentor to me um, in this business. And, and you know, in, in life, we talk all the time and stuff and, um now he's seeing me kind of grow and and, and things happen in, in, in my career. And it's just a really nice thing. And we're sitting down and we go to this Italian restaurant. And we're so excited because after this Italian meal, we're going to go smoke a cigar. And um, and he's just like, man, this is so amazing. And like I remember um, telling him years ago that I saw him at Dangerfields by my apartment. And he I didn't know him and I was sitting in the crowd alone. And he goes, oh, this guy's sitting alone, man, just watching comedy. That's cool, man. And Like, he didn't give me shit, and it was like a light crowd, not a great crowd. And he's like, man, you were there. And he's like, and now we're doing this together. We're working on this great thing together and stuff. And we're just having this amazing meal. All right. And 
he orders the chicken parm, and I haven't had veal parm in a long time. And um, my father was a, a veal guy, and I remember being little, tasting it, and actually loving it. I know some some of you fucking animal lunatics are like, how could you eat a bait? I don't give a shit. Veal is delicious. And here's the other thing. How disrespectful is it to the calf that they killed if you don't eat it? I'm not leaving that thing's body in the freezer or wherever. I'm not going to leave it there knowing that they killed it for me to eat it and then not do it. That's just as bad. And that's my logic and that's how I reason with it. Anyway, fuck you people. Veal's delicious. So, veal. Uh, I get the veal parm. Bill gets the chicken parm. Bill gets a side of spaghetti. I get a side of penne. I get, you know, I like Cabernet. I get one glass of Cabernet. And we're just sitting there and we're just having this amazing talk. And he got in from L.A. It's been a long time since we had each other. And during this amazing talk, Bill is, I'm not not making this up. I'm not exaggerating this. Uh, I'm sure he'll tell it too. As he's cutting his chicken, his hand slips off the knife and and his fist flies into his plate and he literally as if he punched a bowl of marinara sauce and it just flies up on him on the wall behind him on my forehead on the top of my bald head my right arm my shirt the middle of my shirt is just it looked like somebody stormed in the restaurant and shot one of us in the back of the head and the other one got the remnants of it. It was an absolute bloodbath, blood on the walls, almost literally, except it was sauce. And out of no, I mean, we're imagine sitting there, and we're just having this great convo, and his hand just slips. He punches the sauce, and he just immediately goes, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. And he's like apologizing. He's going, oh my God, Verzi, I'm so sorry. And he's wiping the top of my head with a napkin and trying to get it off my shirt. He felt so bad. He's like, dude, I got to go buy you. Like, I got to go buy you something. I got to go buy you like a, I go, no, buddy, it's all right. I was having such a good time that like, I honestly didn't give a shit. I was like, well, you know, it is a new Ralph Lauren shirt. So, I mean, it's going to suck because it's, it's probably going to be hard to get the sauce stains out of it. But the laughter too. I was like, Bill, if a blood spatter expert came in here, they would know exactly how you did that. He was laughing. I was laughing. And we cleaned ourselves up. And it was only like halfway through the meal. So we had half the meal left. And then we went over to Hudson Bar and Books, which, by the way, if you smoke cigars and you like a whiskey or a wine or just a nice cigar and a nice mellow place to smoke one, you have to go to um, Hudson uh, Bar and Books. Books and Bar? No, Hudson Bar and Book. They have one in the Czech Republic. We went to the one in Prague. And they have one in Warsaw, Poland. And they have one, obviously, maybe one or two in New York City. So we went there. We met up with uh, we met up with Ronnie Chang. Shout out to Ronnie Chang. Um, uh, you guys know Ronnie. Ronnie from uh, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. He was also in the movie uh, Crazy Rich Asians. He came... He smoked a cigar. All the comedians that I know that smoke cigars are the coolest. It's like the weirdest thing ever. It, it literally, it, like every comedian that meets up after their shows, it's like, because there's nothing else. There's no, you know, we don't, and I'm not, I don't care. It's fine. But like, I don't really smoke weed ever. I'm not into like drugs. I don't do anything like that. So to have like a scotch, a bourbon, or like a glass of wine with a cigar and just talking and, 
it's just amazing. So we did that afterwards and we were obviously reminiscing, talking about what Bill did, but it was, Bill said it was like a romantic comedy where the first date goes bad. I'm not even kidding. If a director said, all right, I need you to make sauce go everywhere. It couldn't have been more perfect than this. It was, it was literally like a Ben Stiller movie. It was like the, literally the beginning of a Ben Stiller movie when like shit's going bad and you almost got to turn it off because you're that uncomfortable. But luckily it was two friends. But I mean, he punched the, his hand slipped off the knife. He goes, I can't believe I just, I've, you've never seen anything like that before. And, and then I just looked around the restaurant. I'm surprised people sitting behind us. And then the waiter came over and was just looking like, like looked around, like almost confused. Like, are you guys all right? And Bill just started like making fun of himself or like just saying, yeah, I did that. I can't believe I did that. Um, if, oh man, I wish, I don't know if the shirt is cleaned yet, but I, I should have taken a picture of the shirt. Anyway, so that, uh, that was that. And, uh, yeah. And so we, but, oh, oh, the hibachi chef. This is what I want to talk about too. The hibachi chef, man. I don't know if he phoned it in. I honestly, I don't know if the hibachi chef phoned it in or if we were so overseeing them so many times that we didn't care about the tricks. But like when it came to like the, you know, the onion volcano, like he just rushed through it. And the kids were looking at like, the kids were looking down at something like at a phone. My wife and I were like talking to each other. And this guy was like, he went from like, okay, hey, there we go. Oh, look, look, whoa. Like he went from like, you know, juggling eggs and shit to like literally just like putting the oil on a thing. (laughs) Just getting the hell out of there. It was so funny. He was like, oh, yeah, happy birthday. Great. Like it was, it was, yeah, I think we go too much to it that like the, it, the tricks don't like hibachi is something you do like a very I, I guess like on, a, on an occasion maybe once a year but we'll go multiple times just because my wife like the noodles and stuff we like it you know um but I felt bad like this guy was just this I, this guy either phoned it in or I think it was us that made him go well like it was basically like a late show Friday for this guy with like a super light crowd that wasn't into it uh that's what that's what I felt like um, all right, let's move on to uh, sports. This is going to be a shorter podcast, guys. I got to head out to Florida soon. I got some stuff to do, but I uh, wanted to get this one out there. And I'm going to have some announcements on this one as well. But what I wanted to also say was, guys, I don't know if you know Oz over at New York Comedy Club, but Oz, uh, I don't know if I'm saying the last name right. Um, it's Castaner. Uh, Castanier or Castaner, C-A-S-T-A-N-E-R, Oz, everybody knows him, Oz, the bald guy, Oz at the door at New York, uh, he's the best, and uh, he was shot, um, there was that crazy shooter in the Bronx, and Oz was just sitting in a park, I guess, relaxing or doing whatever, and a stray bullet hit him in the arm, and uh, could have easily killed him, and those things happen all the time, and he was really lucky, but, you know, he... He definitely needs some help with some medical stuff, and there's a GoFundMe, and there's also going to be a um, a fundraiser or whatever for him in New York Comedy Club. I'm going to get all those details and find out, but if you um, just go to New York Comedy Club's page, you'll see it, and also go to his Facebook. It's Oz, C-A-S-T-A-N-E-R, um, and 
you know, search him and help him as much as you can. Such a great guy. Like, he's the type of guy that, like, if something's going on in your career and you walk in, he's just like, oh, my God, man, I'm so happy for you, man. Like, he's just such a great, great dude, and he needs help, and he's a father, and he does acting, too, but he's just a great dude, and and any help that anybody can give, um, definitely, uh, definitely do that, okay? Um, Because that's, I mean, you couldn't be doing it for, for a nicer person. And if I get details on the on the fundraiser and, and you are in New York or whatever, um, I will let you guys know about that. Guys, uh, Jerry Ferrara and I are getting very close to launching this thing. We're gonna launch it. Uh, we're gonna try to launch it before the draft, which is the twentieth. Um, and we're gonna put together the Patreon. There's gonna be another Patreon coming out today. Uh, some stuff, some inside stuff. Three dollars. Uh, three dollars a subscription. Uh, so you're going to get a lot more uh, TVE and stuff like that. But we're going to definitely be doing that. And uh, I will also let you know we're working on another date right now for a live podcast at Gotham Comedy Club's Vintage Lounge. Because the first one with Sal was uh, so great. So we're going to be doing that again. So uh, get ready for that. That date should be ready um, very soon. So um, we're trying to figure out exactly what works for the club, what works for me and the guests and all that. But we're going to be doing um, more live TVEs from that small venue um, in the very near future. Uh, I'm going to do a little preview here. As you guys know, tonight is game one of the Warriors and Raptors. Uh, a lot of people think, a lot of Canadian. I'm not going to lie to you. I'd be lying if I said these Canadians aren't driving me nuts. This is about country too. This is bigger than that. This is about the pride of Canada. It's like, guys, take it easy. You're in the NBA. You know, you happen to be located in Toronto. I get that. But you're playing a superior team. You're playing a team that won... The last two championships, you're playing a team that has a lot of firepower. Don't go in there and start talking shit, you stupid rapper Drake. That's another thing that drove me nuts. I was rooting for the Raptors until a rapper is sitting there uh, giving the coach a massage during the game, rubbing his th- rubbing his neck. I mean, it's it's just too much. Yelling, he's yelling at uh, Giannis on the Bucks, the Greek freak. He's yelling at the MVP, yelling at him like he's like some five foot. Six rapper is yelling at at this. It's like it's enough. So um, that made me kind of turn me off to the Raptors, and then their fans are getting a little too crazy, and it's just like be humble, see what happens. So now part of me wants their their hearts to get ripped out because it's not America. And let's be honest, uh, you're talking about the greatest country on on this planet. Um, I know, I know that's a total dig at Canada, but it's not all you guys. I love Canada. I love comedy in Canada. I love Canadian people. But some of you with the sports just gets to a point where I'm like, enough. But then I have friends from Canada that are good friends, and they love the Raptors and what it means to them, so I'd like them to win. So I'm kind of torn. That being said, the Warriors are going to win this series in six games. They're going to win it at Oracle it's the last year of that Oracle Arena because they're getting a new one. They're gonna the the last game that's played there will be for the championship uh, win in six. I believe that's gonna happen. I mean, there's a chance for four, but I think they're gonna do it there in six. I also had money that I bet two years ago that they were gonna win last year and this year, so I'm four wins away from that money which I bet on. Uh, I'm taking them in six. I think like there's too much firepower. I think Clay Thompson is completely um, underrated, and I think that he's completely underappreciated. I think uh, that he's going to definitely have a big series. They can win without Kevin Durant. They they would win without Kevin Durant anyway. They got this far now with the last series without Kevin Durant. So that's my pick. Uh, also in sports news, I found out that Kyrie Irving 
will not be coming to the New York Knicks. That's what he's saying, that he's saying that the only two teams he'll go to is the Los Angeles Lakers, good riddance, or the Brooklyn Nets, good riddance. All right, if you don't want to play, if you're if you don't want to play at Madison Square Garden, okay, if you don't want to because Kobe Bryant's recruiting him apparently. If you want to go and play with LeBron again and think you guys could do what you did again, LeBron's a little older. All right, you got, you know, I don't know if you guys are going to have the pieces. If you want to go and do that and try to do that, great. You know what? Here's what I want the Knicks to do. I want the Knicks to get Kemba Walker at point guard and have Dennis Smith Jr. back him up. I want to draft R.J. Barrett at the number two, and then you get Kevin Durant at the three, and then use our bench, and we got Mitchell Robinson as a big man. We do that, and we see what happens with that. I think that team can get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then you see what happens. But Kemba Walker's great, and and Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. So if Kyrie Irving doesn't want to come, then he doesn't have to come. There you go. I'm a Knicks fan. I said my Knicks piece. And what could you do? The Yankees just keep winning with nobodies. I mean, at this point, if they plug me into the lineup, I'd probably like bat 219 and, and something good would happen. These guys, the, the whole starting team, pitching, all these people are out, and the Yankees are, what, arguably, what, the best record in baseball? Number one in their, in their thing, so that's good. Uh, guys, I'm going to the half shitty, half beautiful state of Florida today. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Let's talk about that for a little. Oh, the, the show. Let me just do the show and then I'll get out of here. It's going to be a little shorter. Don't worry. Don't worry. Get, get your Patreon. Get your Patreon. Um, guys, I am going to say this with a straight face. Me and my daughter, my beautiful seven-year-old little girl, Sophia, her birthday was on the 30th of April. Now my son just had his birthday yesterday. Me and her have been watching episodes of Fuller House. And it was so bad at first. It was so bad that I couldn't believe how bad it was. That then I realized that it wasn't that bad. And then I realized it was great. Does that make sense? It was so bad and ridiculous. And then all of a sudden, it put me in a time machine. And I went back to Full House. And I'm watching this with my daughter. My daughter gets locked in. Next thing you know, I did a joke. So I'll tell you guys, I think you guys know this story. And the same thing is happening to me this year. Years ago, when I first started doing comedy, I was a few years in. I was at Stand Up New York. Bob Saget was in the crowd. No, Bob Saget went on stage. Then I followed him. I went on after him. But he sat like three rows in. He just sat there. He stayed in the room. So he gets off stage and he sits down and he's sitting next to John Stamos. And Rebecca Romaine Stamos, she was Rebecca Romaine Stamos at the time, she's there. And I go on stage after Bob and I'm literally telling jokes in front of, and I addressed it. I go, this is nuts. I go, I'm literally, you know, telling jokes in front of Danny Tanner and Uncle Jesse right now. And they start laughing. And then I had this great improv moment as a young comic where I say, uh, I go, I'm not going to lie, guys. I go, Full House was a show I, I never intended to watch. And then 27 minutes later, I'm thinking, how the hell is DJ going to get out of this one? And it actually was one of, it's so weird that that moment happened so young in my career, but it just worked. And, um, you know, it was, it was like, it was like a vet improv thing, which I'm doing now, but it, I didn't, couldn't do it then. And they're laughing, and I get off stage, and I, I'll never forget John Stamos, ta- you know, patted me on the back, literally. 
And um, and then I was talking to Bob Saget, and Bob Saget was like, oh, that was great to watch, and he was super nice. And I'll never forget that night. And fast forward, now I'm watching Fuller House with my daughter, and I got to tell you, the same thing. There's like love stories with it. It's like, and then like I'm watching the people that were kids when I was a kid, and now they're adults as parents, and I'm a parent, so I'm interested to see how the show does that. And it's just got this nostalgic innocence to it. That's what it is. It's like the nostalgic innocence that makes you go like, I can't, it's a really nice thing. It's a really nice thing. And I'm watching these episodes and anytime my daughter, it got to the point, guys, where my son goes, dad, let's go out and play basketball. And I go, hold on, you sure you guys don't want to do another episode? That's where I'm at (laughs) right now. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, like, look, I, I mean, I watch all the serial killer stuff. So I know that I always talk about like dramas and, you know, serial killer and and thrillers and all that stuff that's, that could be really dark. I've literally pitched a show. I mean, I really, I I gave an approval of a show that a guy got his head cut off with a a blowtorch, um, in that movie, the basement or whatever, which was one of the most somber, dark things I've ever seen. And now I'm talking about Fuller House, but you guys know what I mean. Check it out. Watch it with your kids. And um, you'll be like, oh my God, this is bad. And then you'll get through one. And then afterwards, you'll be like, oh, let's just see where this goes. And um, I like that DJ is like such a good mom after she was like a good kid. I don't know. It's weird. I know. I know. But I like it. So that's right. I can't believe I'm saying this. Fuller House gets the stamp of approval. And uh, Bob Saget just did like an Instagram video where he goes, yeah, we just finished the first episode of season five and it's great. You guys are going to love, or we just wrapped season five. You guys are going to love the storylines. It's really good this year. And I'm going like, yes. I'm like, I'm in, man. I'm in with Fuller House. It's crazy. It's crazy. But I'm excited. So fuck you people. Okay. Uh, That's it. That's all I got today. Uh, I got to get out of here. I got, you know, Lord knows my wife gave me a list. I got to take the cat to get the diabetes done. I got to take Lloyd. I got to do all kinds of stuff. And of course, my whole family's packed and I'm not yet. So let me get out of here. But guys, this weekend, come and check me out. I will be at the West Palm Beach Improv. I'm doing a split week there. The very funny Ryan Hamilton is on the early shows Friday and Saturday. I am doing uh, 10 o'clock Friday and 9.30 Saturday. And then I am the only one on um, on for Sunday. I'm doing 7 o'clock Sunday. So you could check me out. Late show Friday, 9.30 show on Saturday, and 7 o'clock show on Sunday at the West Palm Beach Improv. It's a great room. It's run by the same people that run Stand Up Live in Phoenix and the Tempe Improv, which was one of my favorites this year uh, as well. So it's a great time. Great staff, great food, great great club. So come and check me out this weekend. And then next weekend, another one of my favorites is I will be at the Comedy Connection in Rhode Island. Uh, one show Friday, two shows Saturday in Providence at the Comedy Connection Legendary Club. Check that out. Uh, the whole hour is basically new. You're going to see me do all new stuff. It's really coming together. I'm excited about it. So I hope to see you guys um, at a show. And uh, there'll be another Patreon out there. And like I said, I will let you guys know when the next live TVE is coming. So uh, get ready for that. And also the new Patreon with Jerry. Uh, We're putting together some really, really exciting stuff. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Take care. No frozen patties to people that you love. Um, The name of this podcast will definitely be Frozen Patty. Uh, Take care.